See, my thing is, like, I want to DJ specifically so I can tell them what songs I do not want to hear on my wedding day. Because I do. There are a couple that I'm just, like, not. There's really only one that I don't want to hear. What is it? The Cupid Shuffle. I knew it. I fucking hate it. It was either Cupid. that or the cha-cha slide. I fucking hate but the Cupid Shuffle. I am here for the cha-cha slide. <laughs> Welcome to Your Mom's a Hoax, the podcast where we can never actually get our shit together. (laughs) (laughs) We're your hosts, Alexis. And I'm Brenna, and we're going to get into some spooky conspiracy theories today. We are, but first I have a question that just pops into my little brain. Do you not, do you like the sound of your own name? Do I like the sound of my own name? Like, I feel like I have trouble saying my own name. Well, so my mother listens to this podcast, so I'm obligated to say yes. It's not that I don't like my name. I like <laughs> my name. Alexis is a fine name, but I feel like I say it weird. Like, every time I say my own name, I'm like, ew, I didn't like that. Is that how my name's said? Oh. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't have that issue. Well, because I introduce Alexis. myself so often. I guess I feel like I say it weird. I don't think that it sounds weird. Maybe I get called Alexa so much that I think that's my name now. <laughs> like okay, subconsciously. Also, like, I get I get called virtually every version of a name that starts with a B possible. That's fair. I called One you time Brenda. I got Tanya. Hello? Yeah. It's yeah, I've gotten close. Tanya before. I know. Nope. That's not Shocking. it. I get Alexa a lot. Yeah. I, I don't get... know. I just feel like I say it weird, maybe. I don't, I mean, I don't think so, but also I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have crippling anxiety. So. Maybe that's it. That's probably I get, why. like, <laughs> Brenda, Jenna, Brianna, Brina, Britta. I, really any of Britta, the sounds. like the filter. So that didn't start happening because one of my good friend, Eden, her mm-hmm. other friend's name is, Bri- or is Britta. So now... Mm-hmm. I hear, because um, I've started, like, going out dancing with her. So now when I introduce myself, they just assume, because it's it's in a bar and it's loud, they're like, oh, your name is also Britta. So it's a new one for me. No. Uh, but yeah. Now I get that. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's, it's not. Bad. It's close. But no But dice. not the same. Yeah. Not yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, so are we just going to dive right cool. in, or we want to chit-chat? What are we doing today? How are we feeling? I mean, how, how are we feeling? <laughs> well, I hate that we have trust issues. <laughs> Between you and I. Is that a real cut it out? Or is that... <laughs> I'm like, no, you need to do that. <laughs> well, okay. I feel like it's a fair question. No, that's fair. For context, Alexis said something that does actually need to be cut out, and we've been discussing... <laughs> <laughs> when to cut things out and when to, and leave when them to in. not cut things out <laughs> sometimes it's hard to tell we have a comedy podcast we it is sometimes hard to tell i left I, in a gurgle sound that my stomach made last week yeah but that was funny i listened to that again yesterday <laughs> and laughed out loud like 
it was so loud and for what and for what like genuinely just shockingly loud oh goodness well i think it's conspiracy week oh it is conspiracy week oh my god whether or not we're serious oh yeah not with my stomach that thing has a mind of its own Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh yeah so, it's yeah. conspiracy week heck yeah okay i have my coin it's here did you flip it already no i didn't flip it you didn't call it oh okay heads i was frozen what i okay you said heads mm-hmm. that was clean as fuck <laughs> holy shit it is heads oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness well i feel like it's it's the universe because i i went first the last couple of times so the universe was like okay you know it's pretty lucky that i called it and it landed on what i called so i'm a lucky girl anyways (laughs) you have to believe you're a lucky lucky girl anyways good Okay. If you know that TikTok, you know. <laughs> if you don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so it's conspiracy week here on the pod, and mm-hmm. um, this one's a little sus. It's a lot sus. Uh, as they all are. Yep. Um, Word. Yeah. Tell me about this conspiracy theory. So, I don't. Uh, this is conspiracy theory. Yes, but also maybe a little. Mm, truthful okay to a certain extent um there's a netflix documentary i have not checked it out yet uh but i'm going to after this i'm very excited about it but today i'm going to be talking about uh the fellowship which is also known as the family but like the inner members of the fellowship um so i think i'm going to call it the family the whole time just for like clarity's sake but know that they're interchangeable on the internet okay Cool, cool. Okay. Um, so, founded in 1935, I think it's one of, like, the oldest um, kind of, like, religious groups or whatever that's, like, together. I don't know how to make those words into, like, an actual sentence, but you guys get what I'm saying, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, it's, like, one of the oldest of these groups. And so, yeah, founded in 1935 by Abraham Lincoln. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's Vered, V E R E I D E, Vered, Vered. Okay. I don't know. Abraham founded um, the the family, and the whole purpose of the family is to provide um, like a sort of fellowship for like decision makers to share in Bible studies and prayer meetings, and they like worship God. I mean, it's like a it's like a prayer group for okay very powerful like leaders okay okay which sounds okay until it's not good yeah Yeah, that sounds right so it's been described as one of the most politically well-connected and most secretly funded ministries in the united states according to wikipedia good they're not very big on publicity, and their members are, like, sworn to secrecy. I'm pretty sure they probably signed, like, an MDMA. Is that okay. what they call MDMA? I thought it was just NDA. Not NDA. Agreement. What's an MDMA? What is that? 
Dog, I don't know. M-D-A-A. I'm Googling it. Hold on. I don't know where you got that. <gasps> That's Molly! Hello? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> cut out Cut out me talking about Molly. <laughs> they popped to Molly. I meant NDA, <laughs> non-disclosure agreement. You know I'm not cutting that out, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> where did that okay. even come from? Like, why do I even... <laughs> I mean, I know I've probably heard that before. I listen to a lot of stuff and I watch a lot of TV, but like, why? She's a 10, but she thinks Molly is a non-disclosure agreement. (laughs) Is it not, though? Like, It's an agreement of some sort. Anyways, um, yeah, they're sworn to secrecy. I don't know if they really signed a non-disclosure agreement, but I mean, probably... Um. What? (laughs) The confidence in which you were like an MDMA. Yeah. And anyone who's ever been to a rave was like, "Excuse me." (laughs) Oh my! Ashley's gonna call me. (laughs) Ashley's gonna listen to this and she's gonna call me. She's been to a rave or two. Oh, I can't wait for this episode to come out. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, quality content. And we were worried this wasn't going to be good. I know. (laughs) We're struggling. I think we're going to be fine. Um, Okay. But yeah, they say that their desire for secrecy is, um, like, cited. They can cite it in the Bible, I guess. Like, why it's important comes from the Bible. It says it's from the. um, Okay, so. If there's anything that Jesus loves, it's secrecy. Mm-hmm. It says that they cite the <laughs> biblical admonish ad ad oh admonition admonitions ad what is this word? <laughs> I can't tell if you're frozen or think I'm dumb. <laughs> you just I... think I'm dumb. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to figure out what okay. word that could be let me spell it for you <laughs> i didn't realize until doing this podcast that i read at a third grade level <laughs> um it's a d m o n okay i t i o n s i know I that t i o n s is shuns okay and i'm trying to sound it out admonitions that doesn't feel right I got nothing. Anyways, they cited these things in the Bible, sorry, uh, that say, like, that go against, I guess, public displays of good work. Um, So, insisting that, like... Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Insisting that they would, like, not be able to tackle um, all of these sensitive situations and, like, missions, they call them, um, if the public knew about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, they hold a regular event once a year. It's called the National Prayer Breakfast. It's normally in Washington, D.C. And um, every president since Dwight Eisenhower has been there. It sounds innocent enough. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, like National Prayer Breakfast. That On paper, that sounds nice. Yeah, like lots breakfast. of things on paper sound nice. Yeah. You can get yeah. some pancakes up in there. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm? Maybe a waffle or two? I have a feeling it's going to go downhill. But on paper, that sounds lovely. Yeah. I mean, it sounds okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of said that, like, their goal is not to spread the word or, like, gain a greater following. But the goal, because um, this is where it's going to take a turn. I just wanted to go ahead and lay it on thick. Because I think we're a little too sunshine oh, okay. and rainbows. Um, the goal yeah, is to control breakfast. global leadership through, like, a one-world government uh-huh. behind the scenes with, like, a select, recruited, powerful few. Yeah. Breakfast sounds a little more sinister now. Yeah, breakfast is not sounding <laughs> great. At all. I don't think um, I'd be invited to breakfast. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not big into it either. So, knowing that, what I just said, very mm-hmm. sinister... Um, a little bit, yeah. This next part's not very fun either. So Good. the group's known participants, uh, they include like very high-ranking government officials, both inside the U.S. and outside of the U.S., um, corporate executives, people that have lots of money, um, and like heads of religious groups, people that have lots of money. Seems like, like the target audience. Yeah, lots of money and lots of power is what we're going for okay, and what we're getting. So, um, lots of, like, U.S. senators and congressmen, they've publicly acknowledged to, like, working with the fellowship. Like, this is a real thing. Like, this is, like, this group is real. We don't really know what the group does, but there is a Netflix documentary of, like, this guy that got out of the group and was like, yo, (laughs) this shit's not okay. Ooh. Um, but the key figure of this organization, his name is Doug Burley... And okay. um, he's taken over, like, organizing the National Prayer Breakfast since his father passed away. Or his father-in-law passed away. Sorry, I can't read. Um, Doug Coe. And we'll talk about him here in a minute. Um, but prior to that, old Doug Burley, he was uh, he was speaking at the Russian Prayer Breakfast. Oh. Apparently there are lots of prayer breakfasts. Okay. Lots of, lots of catering to be done for these secret meetings. Wow. The breakfast industry is thriving because of these people. I know. Honestly. Um, But there was a Newsweek article that was written um, that instead of calling themselves Christian, it said in this Newsweek article, instead of calling themselves Christian, they described themselves um, as being brought together by common love for the teachings of Jesus and all approaches to loving Jesus, quote, loving Jesus are acceptable. Okay. That feels very inclusive, sort of. But also not. Maybe not. Am I garbage? That that just sounds like a fancy way of saying Christian. Yeah. Or like a hypocrite. It sounds like an out to me. Yeah, like we're not Christian. We just really want to uphold only Christian values. Right. Something tells me, little birdies whispering in my ear right in this moment, that, um, we lost our rights for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Ugh. Anyways, that's just my thoughts. That's just my opinion. 
Anyways, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the history, though, about this organization. We're going to go back and talk about Abraham, whose last name I can't pronounce, but it does start with a V. Um, he was a Methodist clergyman mm-hmm. and, like, kind of a social innovator, I guess. He organized uh, these prayer meetings in 1934 in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of the whole purpose of them was to, um, like, oppose the New Deal, which I'm not good at something okay. to do with FDR I'm not good at the history you would just should I think it was something to do with like the here I'm just gonna google it right here for you guys classes in session uh, I'm teacher. if I remember correctly it was to um get us out of the depression and build up the economy so it created a lot of new jobs um uh, there was a big focus on national parks stuff like that um, yeah. Per the internet, it, yeah, it says it's a series of programs, public work projects, financial reforms, and regulations enacted by FDR between 1933 and 39. So, yeah, what Brenna said to get us out of the Depression. And I guess some people were like, no, let's mm-hmm. stay in the Depression because that makes sense. Yeah, Anyways. how dare we try to stimulate the economy? Yeah, fuck the it's economy. Honestly, pretty rude. Um, so he organized these prayer meetings. They're monthly, I guess. And he was a Norwegian immigrant who also founded Goodwill Industries in Seattle in 1916. Now, your mom put a little note in here that she's like, gosh, gosh I don't know if I can, like, trust Goodwill now. And I'm going to I'm gonna have to break the news to her. You can't trust Goodwill at all. They're a for-profit <gasps> business. They are not... They are not, like, for the better of the economy. Or, like, for the good of the world or whatever. Not like, Goodwill. I'm, I'm pretty sure Goodwill's a for-profit business. Now I gotta put Goodwill on my list with Hobby Lobby. I don't know. Oof. This one says that it's a non-profit, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, a for-profit organization. Because when you think about it, like, mm. you put that stuff, like, they're not giving that stuff away. I don't know. That is true. You donate it, and then they sell it to people. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. Can I trust Goodwill to be Probably determined? not. Probably, Probably not. Um, you can't trust anything. True. But um, he started the Goodwill Foundation, though, like, in 1916 to assist... Um, the city's unemployed Scandinavian immigrant popula- population. So it started off with good intentions. Yeah. I'm sure Goodwill's probably fine. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of trash. I don't know. I feel like I feel like for some I reason take, I should think it's garbage. I would take Goodwill over the Salvation Army, though. They Fair. are sus. They are sus. Just come to my house and I'll give you my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I won't do that, but I will help you if you need it anyways moving on um (laughs) yes they soon like took up the whole block this goodwill place did and they like i don't know they're kind of doing the damn thing they were like repairing clothes and like furniture and stuff and their kind of logo i guess was like or not logo but like their slogan was like waste to rate what hello it was waste to wages okay i can't read dude i'm having a hard time today um so yeah he kind of had this he was like a businessman and he invited other businessmen to his cute little uh prayer meetings okay 
And um, that's when they started to, like, oppose the New Deal and that sort of thing. And he eventually worked his way down, like, the whole West Coast, like, forming this group and then, like, made his way to Boston. Um, so it's growing, this secret okay. little yeah. membership thing. Gotcha. Okay, so author uh, Jeff Charlotte, I guess he's, like, mm-hmm. an... You know, he's like an American academic journalist or whatever, an author. I don't know. He's focused really hard on religion, like, throughout his career. So I guess he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Okay. Um, basically, he's saying that the family started in response to this guy, Harry Bridges, who's this Australian uh, labor organizer um, that organized okay. one of the biggest strikes in American history. And okay. the quote from Jeff Charlotte says um, the family really begins when the founder Abraham has this vision which he thinks comes from God no shade there which Mm -hmm. he thinks um, that Harry Bridges this Australian labor organizer who did like the biggest strike in America like I just said um, was which is a very successful strike is a satanic and Soviet agent okay so (laughs) the genesis of this group is that Abraham has a vision where God comes to him and says, listen, Harry Bridges, satanic and also Soviet. So what I'm hearing is, if I just have an enemy, I can just say that God told me that they were the devil. And Russian. And then I'm good. And I guess in America, that'll that'll be good enough. That'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. All right. So, okay. yeah. He is April of 1935. And Abraham, he teams up with uh, Mr. Major J.F. Douglas. And they invite 19 business and civic leaders to this prayer breakfast. The OG prayer okay. breakfast. Oof. And um, by 1937, there had been over 200 prayer breakfast groups that have been organized, like, throughout Seattle. Three years later, in 1940, is nobody paying attention to World War One? Where do we have the time? <laughs> or two? What war are we in? They said, World War Who? I've got eggs Benedict on the way. <laughs> They're bottomless mimosas at this brunch, bitch. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 300 men from all over Washington, like the state Washington, not Washington, D.C., but Washington state. Mm-hmm. Um, they attend this prayer breakfast for the new governor. Okay. So now we've taken the cute little prayer breakfast and we've turned to politics. Okay. Yeah, that tracks. It's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so Abraham just basically travels throughout the country and he's developing like very small, similar groups um, to make one large group. It okay. ends up becoming this like non-denominational group that uh, we're meant to like informally bring together civic and business leaders so they could share a vision, study the Bible, and develop relationships of trust and support. It's a direct okay. quote from the Wikipedia. Um. From there, though, it becomes like a real organization. So the Fellowship Foundation is, um, like, the Fellowship Foundation, Inc., Incorporated, Mm -hmm. was founded by Abraham in Chicago in 42. Um, And from there, it starts to acquire, like, lots of little sub-names. You know what I mean? 
Okay. Like, as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. um, they're called DBAs, which is, like, doing business as names. And I know that happens a lot, I guess, but, like, it just feels like a way to move money around to me. Yeah. I don't know. But also, maybe not. I don't know anything about business. I just said that MDMA was a non-disclosure agreement. So that what is the true. fuck do I know <laughs> about anything? <laughs> So yeah, they start to form all these little little foundations. But I think for the most part, they kind of do business as the International Foundation. Come 42, there's like 60 of these prayer breakfast groups. So they're all over the U.S. and Canada and like very big major cities like New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Washington, Los Angeles, big places. Um, yeah. Vancouver, to speak of the Canada. Uh, oh, the Canadians? And- You froze? You screamed and then you froze. <laughs> it was just my shock that the Canadians are in on this. I know. Oh, everybody's in on it. Apparently, like, world leaders from all over the place. Um, Canada, come on. I, I thought better of you. Come on. So from there, though, we start to hold, like, these little, these little breakfasts for, like, House of Representative members and, like, senators. Okay. Okay, it's just feeling sus. I can't. I, mm-hmm. I it's just not feeling good. Um, the I guess like the spot in Chicago kind of becomes like their home base, like their hub, and that's where okay. they like reach out to people and like get people to come and meet them and that sort of thing. And he had like moved Abraham had like moved the group's offices from Seattle to Chicago because it's kind of like centrally located in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Which. It's just sus. Like, it just feels... Why do you? Why does it have to be centrally located? Yeah. It's a little sus. It's feeling pretty sus. Yeah. They... The same year, though, they also established um, a delegation ministry in D.C., which was called the okay. Fellowship House, and it was later described as a, the nerve center of the breakfast groups. What the fuck does that mean? This has like so that. much more to do with breakfast than I thought it was going to. <laughs> it does have an awful lot to do with breakfast. <laughs> I, I When you said that, I thought that was going to be like a small part of this, but it seems like it's kind of like the crux. Breakfast is the crux. Uh, apparently, you can make world decisions over breakfast. Um, I, most important meal of the day, am I right? Yeah, so this group's kind of around for a bit. It's <laughs> just, what did you say? <laughs> I said most important meal of the day, am I right? And you said, yeah, so. (laughs) She said, fuck you. I didn't quite hear what you said, and I was like, I'm going to move on from that. I don't know what that was. (laughs) Just, like, cutting it out, and I was like, okay. Um, So it wasn't until 53 that uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower made his way to these breakfasts, but at some point in between that time, they had kind of gotten to where they were having joint Senate and House breakfast and, like, just lots of power pe- powerful people are attending, like, these meetings. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, like, a little bit of the history. Like, they just, they become more powerful, like, as time goes on and, like, more and more mm-hmm. powerful people um, start to join and, like, attend these little breakfasts. And um, from here, though, like, we're going to talk about the influence that they have, I guess, because, like there's there's a reason why they're doing it like the whole point is for them to like 
pass legislation that works in their favor and that sort of thing. Like they're making moves to do things politically that mm-hmm. coincide with their morals. And that's okay. a problem. Yeah. Like, yes, it is. Or that coincide with their religious beliefs. That's a problem. Yeah. Sorry about you, but your religion doesn't get to dictate what I do or do not do with my freedom. Agreed. Especially when you're not a lady. Yeah. And just in this general. This is a dig. <laughs> this is yeah, a you're, dig. You're, yeah, hot take, but your religious and moral beliefs don't get to dictate what I do or do not do with my body. Sorry about you. Agreed. Um, But a lot of people say, like, even very prominent evangelical Christians, they kind of describe um, the family as one of the most or probably the most politically well-connected ministry in the world. Mm-hmm. That says a lot. Um, yeah. It says here that this guy, uh, D. Michael Lindsay, he's a former Rice University sociologist. He, who's like studied, I guess, uh, evangelical movement. And he says that um, more lawmakers have mentioned the fellowship than any other organization when asked to name a ministry with the most influence on their faith. Oof. That's quote. Oof. Um, He's interviewed, like, 360 of the evangelical elite. Yeah. And one in three out of the 360 that he interviewed, one in three of them mentioned uh, Doug Coe, who was, like, one of the top guys, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or the fellowship as, like, an important influence. One in three evangel- evangelical elites. Say that three Oof. times fast. That's... That's a big number. Mm-hmm. Bigger, bigger than, than I'd like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it says here that four years later, after um, he converted to Christianity, fellowship member and Watergate conspirator Charles Coulson, he described the group as a veritable underground of Christmen all throughout the U.S. government. So there's everywhere. Good, and they're underground. Like, pushing their own agendas. Yeah, don't hide your breakfast with me. Yeah. I know. I know about your breakfast. Okay, so here, there's a Kansas governor. His name's Sam Brownback. And he kind of describes how, I guess, it functions, like, as a as a unit. So basically, okay. he says, quote, typically one person grows desirous of pursuing an action, a piece of legislation, a diplomatic strategy, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then the others just kind of pull behind it because they're like, yeah, you're my bro, bro. This is just a big fraternity of men with too much power. <laughs> and I'm annoyed. It really is. I'm annoyed. Now all now they're all wearing, even though they're congressmen and whatnot, now they're all wearing like fucking khakis. Ugh. And they've all got coolers of beer. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't try to pass legislation over your breakfast. Yeah. Leave my rights alone. Yeah. Um, but this brownback guy, he's often joined the fellow family members in pursuing le- legislation. Um, he's, I don't know, he helped in 1999... 
He helped um, a couple of other senators demand criminal investigation of the American United States for the separation of church and state. Okay. So let me name call then, because I didn't, I, let me name call. Um, the senators that he partnered up with were Strom Thurmond and Don Nichols, and their, mm-hmm. what, they were, what they were doing was demanding a criminal investigation into the United, the America, I can't read it, Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. That's the group that they wanted to criminally investigate. This is a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. your church does not need to be my state. Because your church is not everybody's no. church. Okay? Everybody has different churches. That's why we live in a country where there's religious freedom. Yeah. Your church does not belong in my state. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, yeah. And then in 2005, this guy, the same senator guy, he joins up... Um, to promote the Houses of Worship Act, which is going to allow tax-exempt um, religious institutions to endorse political candidates. Now, see, I have a big problem with that. You're not paying taxes, but you're going to give millions of dollars to political candidates? But you don't have to pay taxes. Because you're supposed to be giving back. You're supposed to be bettering the society around you. That's why you don't pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Bettering your church. Bettering your faith. Giving back to the world in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Not endorsing political candidates. But yeah, so from there, though, Rob Schnick. Okay. Schnick. I don't know. C-H-S-C-H-E-N-C-K. You tell me how that's pronounced. I'm okay. silly snake. Um, I'm a silly snake. <laughs> this guy's garbage, so I don't really care oh, if I get his name right. Um, he founded the Washington, D.C. ministry, which uh, has described the family's influence as, quote, off the charts in comparison to, like, <laughs> other fundamentalist groups. This group is called the Faith and Action in the Nation's Capital. Faith and Action in the Nation's Capital. Um, <laughs> All I pictured was some frat guy going, it's off the hook. <laughs> have you ever heard a frat guy say that i feel like at least one in the 90s did no that's fair i guess <laughs> um so yeah the faith and action in the nation's capital group they're um not great and like i said they've com- shocking been Compared to, like, other fundamentalist groups, such as, like, Focus on the Family, um, this guy Pat Robertson, Gary Bauer, um, another group called Traditional Values Coalition, which is an American conservative Christian organization, and then also the Prison Fellowship, which is the world's largest Christian nonprofit organization for prisoners, reformed prisoners, and their families, and a leading advocate for justice reform. Sounds good, but I feel like it's not. Um, The last two, though that are associated with the family, the Traditional Values uh, Coalition, and I guess the Prison Fellowship, they use their C Street house, which is the house they have in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and this Prison Fellowship was founded by one Charles Colson, a Watergate conspirator. <laughs> so. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, and they are indeed a nonprofit. Uh, they're a 501c3 that should make you angry 
because I'm sure they mm -hmm. rake in lots and lots of money. Mm -hmm. They have a national prayer breakfast that the president speaks at. Oof. Um, their mission statement, though, on their 501c3 is to develop and maintain an informal association of people banded together to go out as ambassadors of reconciliation, modeling the principles of Jesus based on loving God and loving others, to work with the leaders of many nations, and as their hearts are touched, the poor, the oppressed, the widows, and the youth of their country will be impacted in a positive manner. Youth groups will be developed under the thoughts of Jesus, including loving others as you want to be loved. Which, that sounds a little dandy, but... Mm -hmm. Sounds like an out. Look at how yeah. dandy we are. Look at how cute we yeah. are. We're just all about loving each other. No. We're all about pushing our own agendas for our own personal gain. Yeah. So, really, I don't know. People kind of say lots of good things about them because, like, they're part of it. So, like, the people that are part of it are saying, like, the family's really helped me. They were there for me. Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of what they do. Like, um, if people in this country knew how many Democrats and Republicans, like, prayed together and actually liked each other, um, they would be amazed. Like, comments like that have been said by, like, former representatives mm -hmm. and stuff who are current members of the group. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, they're kind of just seen as, like, mentors and stuff. Like, Hillary... Clinton described meeting Doug Coe as, like, Doug Coe, who's, like, the longtime guy that ran the National Prayer Breakfast, um, mm -hmm. that he's got, like, a very unique presence in Washington, um, a genuinely loving spiritual mentor and a guide to anyone, regardless of party or faith, who wants to deepen his or her relationship to God. Mm. It just sounds like a gatekeepy church. Yeah, I'm getting mad Hillsong vibes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, like, I'm all for, like, people doing stuff like that, you know, you want to get together and you want to pray together, that's fine. My issue will always be, like, the political influence, because I'm a firm believer in separation of church and state. Have your mm -hmm. morals, have your religion, that's great, but it shouldn't impact, legislation has to be for the people, and the reality is, is not all of the people believe in the religion that you're like subscribing to right like you have to be able to take into account and like i don't i guess i don't like how it says like how hillary clinton apparently said that like he's a guide to anyone regardless of their party or faith because this is a very much like a christian organization like we're pushing yeah. an agenda yeah and Absolutely. for someone for a group of people i've never heard like the word agenda more in my life than to, to then to describe like the LGBTQ quote agenda. Mm -hmm. They don't have an agenda. Uh, they don't have an agenda. They're just out here being gay and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. They don't have an agenda to push. Yeah. They just want to be able to be gay. You motherfuckers have an agenda. It's your little breakfast meetings. Yeah. You guys will literally meet for breakfast to set your agenda and then you have the audacity to go out and be like ah the gay agenda shut up the gay agenda much better place to be i think honestly yeah you know what my agenda is be gay do crime and what an agenda <laughs> that is i love that truly um but yeah, so this guy, investigative reporter, he was, his name's Jeff Charlotte. We spoke about him a minute ago. He has wrote a couple books on these guys, um, and as well as like a couple of magazine articles where he describes his like experience 
as an intern, I guess, for the fellowship. Um, <laughs> they have interns. I well, yeah. Who's making the agendas and emailing those out to everybody? I just like I just fucking didn't... interns. These are very oh political. These are like very high, powerful people. You think that they don't have somebody that has to do all the work for them because they can't do it themselves? You yeah, think they know how to run like, a printer? I just didn't assume. I don't. I. I don't know. Something about the fact that they had interns was surprising. <laughs> um, so Charlotte, he did like lots of research into their archives um, before the archives were closed to the public. Now see. Here's where them being a nonprofit is like a problem because they're not labeled as like a re- as like a religious lobbying group. Yeah. They're labeled as like a nonprofit like a church. Yeah, but they're not. So, when you're like a nonprofit like a church and you're not like a cute little lobby group, you don't have to follow the same laws as far as like open meetings and open records are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um so you can just keep all your shit private and not tell anybody what you're doing. At your meetings. Yeah. And that's a problem because then the public can't hold you accountable for what you're doing. Yeah. True. So, um, I have an issue with that. He also spent, like, a lot of time living at the Fellowship House, though, this Charlotte guy in Washington. Um, mm-hmm. And he wrote this article that kind of described them, I guess, in, like, a book that described them as, like, elite fundamentalist that, quote, fetishized public power and wealth. Oh, my. Consistently opposed labor movements in the U.S. and abroad and mm-hmm. teaches the laissez-faire economy policy is God's will. Teaches that laissez-faire economy policy is God's will. I don't know what that means. Hold on. It's an economic system in which transactions between private groups of people are free from any form of economic intervention deriving from social interest groups. Yeah. Okay. Which means Pretty what, much. exactly? Break that down to me like I'm uh, five. <laughs> the government doesn't step in and, like, aid with the economy. Oh. Like, well, they I have, don't... like, a very hands-off approach. Ah. I don't know about all that. Um. Well, I mean... There are a couple of, like, schools of, like, there's, like, Keynesian economics. There's a couple of schools of thought there. Um, Mm. But from a lot of people believe that, uh, like, from a research standpoint, that stepping in and creating jobs and stimulating the economy helps it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So the hands-off approach is, in my opinion, not necessarily the best. Um, Yeah. This next part is also not great because Charlotte goes on to say that they teach um, a theology of instant forgiveness, which is pretty convenient to cover up like your misdeeds and crimes and like allows you to Ooh. avoid uh, taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah, how do because we take you're instantly for forgiven. <laughs> I think Jesus forgives us. I do think we have to be held accountable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you should still have responsibility for your actions. Yeah, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card, dickhead. <laughs> um, I don't know. But a lot of people liked his book, this guy Charlotte, just saying that, like, it's a must-read because, like, it's pretty important to know mm-hmm. that, like, these people have such a big influence on what's going on around us. Yeah, um, yeah they for sure do. This Charlotte guy has also said in some interviews that they were 
taught like the leadership lessons of Hitler, Lenin, and Mao. Oh, that's yeah. always because, like all hear. things, we have to come back to the Nazis. Oh, and we're not going to stray far away from them. Just a heads up. Well, like, <laughs> why is it that everywhere we turn, Nazis are trying to like be awful? And like, I'm not, I'm not literate enough to form a sentence that makes sense about them, but I know that I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. Those damn fucking Nazis, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said, quote, that Hitler's genocide just wasn't really an issue for them, um, that it was the strength that he em uh, emulated. So, like, it's not really, it's not really, like, like, yeah, that's not really a problem. We're going to teach you well, about Hitler because he's strong man. Well, it's instant forgiveness, you know. So the genocide of millions of, of people, both Jewish and um, anyone that didn't fit into their ideology, uh, that's fine. We can forgive that. Yeah, because instantly forgiven. Because he was very charismatic. And very and strong man. We like the strength. He pick yeah. up rocks, go boom. Oh God! Like what? Gotta love That's a Nazi what apologist. makes me steal. Um, they also said that like they fetishized power, but like comparing Jesus to like Lenin and Bin Laden and Hao Chi Minh. I don't know who that is, but they sound like not great guys. I know who Bin Laden is and Lenin. I don't know the Hao Chi. Oof, that feels very like not. Evangelical fundamentalist Christian in America. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that he uses the word fetish. Like that is just a different word. You know what I, I mean? mean? But I feel like it's. But I feel like it, yeah, it's true. No, it like, gets the point across. Like, yeah, they, like it's their top thing is like power and like wealth. Like yeah, making sure they have a voice. Yeah, and making sure that like everything is for their own gain. Um. But, yeah, so that's just kind of what they believe. And, like I said, they're super secret. Like, we'll come and talk about the secrecy a little bit as we start to wrap up here. Um, but they kind of just believe that, like, if you keep a low profile, like, you can get more stuff done, I guess, if you nobody knows what you're doing. And, like, lots yeah. of presidents, one Ronald Reagan, to be specific, um, is quoted as saying, like, I wish I could say more about it, but it's working pre precisely because it's private. So, like, they're trying to justify, like, the secrecy, and they're justifying the secrecy mm. because they're doing things they're not supposed to be doing. You're going to mm. make me grit my teeth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the end, though, uh, of okay. what I've got for you. It's a problem because, like, it's a real thing, and we really yeah. don't know what they do behind closed doors. And, like, they yeah. make, apparently make, pretty important political decisions and pass legislature in your states and honestly it's super fucked up that they're gaslighting us into thinking that they hate each other if that's true true because they're doing that that's specifically true. to cause discourse so that way it can be an us versus them mentality they're doing it to you on purpose man this should have been the halloween episode because it's spooky and spooky. scary <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's what I got for you, my guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you. Oh man. Okay. Well, in the same vein as 
conspiracy theories um, and really just mm. the whole thing in general. Today, I am telling you about the John Birch Society. Ooh, lay it on me. Yeah. I don't like it already. So I'll give you $2 if you can tell tell me what their current campaign is on their website. I don't know. You just got to tell me. <laughs> it is. Save our children from public schools. Well, now, see, I'm going to need more details because I think, I think public schools have become a hellscape. So... <laughs> Yeah. I can't say I disagree just yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I read an article the other day that said Texas, the state of Texas, has sent out over four million or four hundred million DNA tests to children. Do you like to know why oh, they God. sent these out? Oh God. In the event that there is a mass shooting at their school, their bodies can be identified. Or any type of, like, I think it's under the guise of, like, any type of, like, disaster. Yeah. But it's so that way they have your kid's DNA on file in case they... That's bad for a lot of reasons. So I could also maybe be found saying save the children from public schools. Yeah, I, I think it should be a grand, like, a bigger, like, save the children from the American school system. Maybe, maybe just save the children. Just, <laughs> like... Save yeah. them! <laughs> Maybe. Hot take. We shouldn't make it so easy for children to get murdered in schools. Murked. Yeah. Just a thought. Anyway. Using the word murked felt disrespectful. I shouldn't have said that. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's a horrible, horrible Focusing on the wrong love. problem. Focusing on the wrong problem. Yeah. So, so I feel like if you tackled a bigger one... Yeah. The other one doesn't have it. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Maybe... Also, I don't like the idea of giving any child's DNA to the government. Because I feel yeah, like that can get... That's valid. Yeah. I, ooh, I don't that's know. why I won't do one of those ancestry DNA things. Somebody's going to clone me. <laughs> Joke's on them. They don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. I have way too... I cry a lot. <laughs> like... Oh, God. You can't handle me. <laughs> Two would be a, a little bit much. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't handle two of me either. Um, so, the John Birch Society. Mm -hmm. Way back in the 1960s, the John Birch Society became, like, a, a big player in right-wing politics in the U.S. and really around the world. It was created okay. in December of 1958 by Robert W. Welch Jr. Um, and had a lot of different links to plenty of other wealthy identities um, and is still active today. Do you think there's some co-societies like we're part of the I, Breakfast Club and also this? I could see it. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> the... The cock organization. <laughs> We're so stupid. We're so dumb. <laughs> I'm a child. Um, the cock organization, which uh, went on to fund... I mean, that, that's <laughs> You might as well just say, like, the testicle organization. Like, if, is it, like, a name? Is it, like, K-O-C-H? Yeah, it is. 
Okay, you could have led with that. Now I feel like a dick. I know that's no. how some people's name is pronounced. Uh, well, they went on to fund the Tea Party and then the Donald Trump campaign, so I gotta say. Ah, we will be calling them the testicle organization <laughs> for the rest of this time. Uh, but they were one of the principal backers of the John Birch Society. Um, okay. So for them, the enemy was obvious communism. Which, just when? as a little asterisk meant anything left of Hitler. Great. Okay. Yeah. We have some strong beliefs here today. Some strong, not great beliefs. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they pretty much maintained that they had this conspiracy theory that their enemy was a one-world socialist government. See, I always feel like when the enemy is a one-world socialist government, that those fighting said eminemini um, are also mm-hmm. pretty one 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 government. I got yeah. lost in what that whole like train of words was when I said it's sea anemone. See, sea anemone. Can't you say enemy? No. Can't you say sea anemone? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does she yeah. read at a third grade level yes <laughs> well okay because like the thing is is like you are adamantly opposing this one world socialist government but then you also want one government that rules it anyways socially yes but pretty much they were like communism is everywhere all across the globe it's definitely in the united states um and all the other adjacent countries um and basically they were on a crusade for God, the American way, and most importantly, they needed money. Profit was important. <laughs> like with all good um, yeah. like stories, money is a money is a factor. <laughs> uh, yes, um, and President Dwight D. Eisenhower, who apparently was in the Breakfast Club, yeah, was he's got a lot going on. Actually, he's got some questionable, questionable morals yeah so apparently they the john birch society accused him of being a communist and leading a communist controlled government wow it's real wild that they accused him of being a communist when he spoke at the breakfast club because like they formed the breakfast club yeah. because they thought that australian guy was, was a communist a russian was a communist yeah, yeah. I know. not a russian but a communist i understand that they're not quite the same but well okay in the red during the red scare it was basically they were synonymous. interchangeable. Like they were yeah. like Russian uh, communist. Um, yeah, but I feel like that's not maybe okay to say today. No, I feel like that's a pretty blanket term. I mean, yeah. Anyways, okay. <laughs> so apparently, Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, was a communist. Um, the Judy, <laughs> the wow judiciary and most of the bureaucracy was apparently all communist and even the vietnam war was apparently a proxy war war that helped the communist so so like vietnam i think is the one where like it came out that like we really weren't winning yeah and they were lying to us about it yeah yeah so i could see that being a war for something you're gonna have to get to the garbage because right now i feel like i might be there a little no dude no dude okay okay they're like low-key with hitler (laughs) oh 
Okay, I'm not there then. I'm not there. <laughs> they said anything that is left of Hitler, commies. Oh, you did say that. Yeah. yeah no, okay. That's fair. That's a little too far. To, yeah. Some things I'm like, we could tone it bit, down a little bit. I think we could get somewhere. It's a bit much. Um, so they were much... They, they did not take the same approach as the Breakfast Club. Um, they spread the message as much as they could. They got billboards, publication, leaflets, public meetings, all of that. They put out regular letter and postcards. Um, and That's expensive. Yeah, they sent them to politicians, and there were apparently up to, like, 600,000 supporters that were actively involved. That's insane. Yeah. So. That's a lot of people. It It is. Crazy. It is. Um, but some of the things that they wanted politically is they wanted to abolish income tax, um, preserve slash strengthen the uh, <laughs> House Un-American Activ- Activities Committee. The House Un-American Activities Committee. Yeah. What? Is that a real committee? Yep. Um, what? So, basically, they were, like, the the people that, um, they conducted investigations through the 1940s and 50s um, to alleged communists. Um, so, like, you, do you remember, like, the, do you remember when, like, a whole bunch of actors in Hollywood were accused of communists and they, like, pretty much got blacklisted? Yeah, it was Walt Disney. Walt Disney was calling everybody a communist, for sure. So the entity that was the, like, was the player in that was the House Un-American Activities Committee, or the HUAC. Mm. That was the political entity that did that. Um, So they wanted to continue doing that. Um, They wanted the U.S. to withdraw from the United Nations, um, which was obviously a communist front group. They wanted to mm. stop the fluoridation of water uh, because that was a communist yeah. plot. I don't know if I'm not going to name names because I don't know if I'm allowed to like tell this story or not. So I'm not going to say any names. But um, I have a friend whose mom like believes that like only buys American made toothpaste because if they were going to take us out, they'd kill us through our toothpaste. Like if another country was going to take us out they just send poison in our toothpaste okay her mom's older i think okay so i think she, my friend's like the youngest so her mom's older so she probably grew up in that like yeah. communist era yeah. but yeah i think she only buys like american-made toothpaste yeah um and that i mean that makes sense if they were gonna kill everybody y- yeah I guess. I, you know the, uh, maybe i could see it as but bob dylan um actually kind of got an idea yeah bob dylan got an idea of him uh early on and released in 1962 talking john birch paranoid blues (laughs) and it was like he wrote a he wrote a diss track yeah about the john birch society (laughs) is that what i heard (laughs) it was a satirical (laughs) song yeah i love that yes bob dylan you did say bob dylan yeah yeah bob dylan Yes, Bob Dylan. So it was. This is a Bob Dylan appreciation podcast. It was also like, um, also known as like the Talkin' John Birch Blues, and it was a protest song, 
Um, it was satirical, but basically there's a paranoid narrator that is convinced that, like, the communists um, are infiltrating mm-hmm. the country. I know a lot of people were scared. Like, it was, like, hysteria. Yeah. Like, very scary times. But a lot of it was because there were, like, groups like this. Because of this. Yeah. Pushing it. Um, but I do, th- I do love that in 1962, it was like, let me write a diss track. Yeah. He was like, get fucked. <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit of history background um the founder robert w welsh jr who was born in 1899 and i hate it yeah that's weird it's 1899 to 1985 i saw that my brain was like (laughs) that for me like connects to time periods Uh, yeah 1985 to 1985 that's wild right doesn't that feel wrong yeah Ah, oh, somebody's going to say that about us. Yeah. That hurts. They will. Anyways. I'll be dead by then. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, so, he pretty much developed this organizational infrastructure of chapters um, that were all across the nation in 58. The society very quickly boomed in membership um, and influence. And, of course, it was pretty controversial because of all of the conspiracy theories. Yeah. In the 60s, conservative William F. Buckley Jr. and the National Review um, pushed for the John Birch Society to be exiled to the fringes of the American right. How do you exile? Like, are we just talking, like, don't talk to them anymore? Yeah, I think he was pretty much like, these people are out there like (laughs) that's valid they're like they're wild even for us okay yeah (laughs) so i think they were like these people are like on the fringes like they gotta stay there (laughs) we don't like them at all and more recently jeet here has argued that while the organization's influence peaked in the 70s birchism um has and it's basically legacy of conspiracy theories um, has is still pretty dominant in the conservative movement. Um, so Politico asserted that the John Birch Society was making a resurgence in the mid-2010s, um, and it seems like they shaped a lot of the beliefs um, that we see in the current Republic- Republican Party and Trump administration. Great. So That's they're awesome. still pretty influential. Yeah. I don't like that. Like, I don't... I guess I don't understand how you look at Hitler and think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's an interesting choice of word that, like, anything left of Hitler is, like, communism. Like, that's... I That's definitely... Yeah. That's wild. Hitler's, Hitler's really not the bar for me. Because I, I mean? I'm trying to s- set different standards. Because I really feel like... A majority of people that classify themselves as Republican or conservative, like, don't think that. Yeah, I think the vast majority, like, the law, I think a very high percentage of people, like, 98% think that Hitler sucked. Yeah. Like, I feel like... And that Nazis are bad. Most people are like, no, that's too far. Like, that's too far. Yeah. I draw the line at genocide. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like it's wild to me that, like, somehow this has still influenced. And I think it does go back to it affects people that are actively in power. 
mm-hmm. and then like tr- like I guess basically trickles down. But like I feel like a majority of like people that do identify as like Republican or conservative don't think this way. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's, and if they do, burn it all down. Uh, yeah, that's start over. Wild to me. Um. So, originally it was based in Belmont, Massachusetts, um, but it is now headquartered in Grand Chute, Wisconsin, which is a suburb of Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> which such a quiet little town of Appleton. Yeah. Um. Which is, I think, forty minutes from where I'm having my wedding. Ah. Apparently, according to the note my mother put in this, we have driven by it many times while being in Wisconsin. (laughs) Ah, no! Oh, no! They're everywhere! It's it's not good. No. They are everywhere. Oof. You know that statistic that's like, you've probably met a serial killer in your life or whatever? Yeah. I'm sure, like, you've probably met oh, one of these people. 100%. I'm pretty sure I'm related. It feels to very them. common. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah. So, they promote Americanism as the, philosoph- the, the philosophical antithesis of communism. It contended that the United States is a Republican, not a democracy, and argued that states' rights should supersede those of the federal government. So, okay, they it's a little out there. Yeah. So the society heavily opposes the one world government, the United Nations, NAFTA, the Central American Free Trade Agreement, Free Trade Area of the Americas, and pretty much any other free trade ar- agreements. Um, oh, because heaven forbid we have relationships with other countries that are good. Yeah. So, they argue that the U.S. Constitution has been devalued in favor of political and economical globalization. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. A lot of our economy runs on trade. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it does. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I feel like you can't just pull out like that. It causes problems. Yeah. You can't just stop trading. No. Yeah. Um, And, of course, they did oppose the civil rights movement in the 60s and the women's equal right amendment in the 70s um, and campaigned for state nullification. You know, I don't really understand why these groups, like, you know, ostracized whole groups of people. Do you not want more people for your movement? Or not? They only want the right (laughs) people. Oh, okay. You mean the white people? Specifically white men, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's gross. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's not. So, they have a publication. It's called The New American. Um, and in it, it has described that it's seen an American moral decline that f- and threats to the family which do include abortion, drugs, homosexuality, crime, violence, teenage pregnancy, teen suicide, feminism, and pornography. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like they're projecting their own issues onto us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Feminism. So they allege okay. that moral degeneracy is perpetuated by a conspiracy to make the United States vulnerable to internationalism. What? <laughs> Those damn feminists. I don't understand. Like, and I the gays. <laughs> like, you're just... Okay, listen, uh, as we've all learned, I read at a third grade level. You're using a lot of words, and I'm like, and I'm lost. Like, yeah. what are we even talking about? Like, that does, those, those don't even make sense. Yeah, so basically they're like, uh, all of the aforementioned list, um, moral degenerates. Yeah, I get that part. I get Terrible. what we're saying. I just like, why are we here? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it at all. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. So, they established in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, they had a two-day session of 12 people. Um, Welch himself was a retired candy manufacturer from Belmont, Massachusetts, um, who had unsuccessfully run um, in its 1950 lieutenant gover governor primary. Um, so he did not win. <laughs> you suck. Um, so I guess he decided to create the John Birch Society. So, oh, yeah, he had to enact his revenge. Apparently. In 54, he authored the first book about John Birch, titled The Life of John Birch. Um, he organized an anti-communist society wanted to promote less government, more responsibility, and, quote, a better world. Um, and uh, he, he named the new organization in memory of John Birch and said that he was an unknown but dedicated anti-communist and the first American casualty, casualty of the Cold War, um, which pretty what? much said that he was alleging that... Um, a communist conspiracy within the American government had suppressed the truth about John Birch's death. Mm, okay. Yeah. And just for context, um, John Birch was in the um, United States Army Air Forces. Um, he was an agent in China during World War II um, and was also a former Baptist minister and missionary and he was killed in a confrontation with Chinese communist soldiers during a, an assignment um, that he was ordered on by the OSS. So he so, thinks that, like, they made him do it so he'd die or whatever? Yeah, or that, like, it was an, an inside job, basically. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. So, according to Welch, both the U.S. and the Soviet governments are controlled by the same fervative conspiracy conspiratorial cable cabal cabal of internationalist cabal. greedy bankers and corrupt politicians and if left unexposed the traitors inside the u.s government would betray the country's sovereignty to the united nations for a collectivist new world order managed by a one world socialist government so pretty much he was like the soviets in the united states were all run by the same people everyone's a communist okay he sounds um, really fun at parties. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I can't comprehend what, what is happening. Like, what? How did we get here? Mm -hmm. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the it continued to grow and grow, um, ultimately ending up with, you know, hundreds and thousands of members. And in 1961... Yes. Sorry. I don't think that they, like, pitch it to you crazy either. I feel like I would be bamboozled. Would I be bamboozled? Am I not smart enough to get by if somebody's trying to get me in a cult? So I think, like, because they always start out with all the pros, and then once you're already in, there come all the cons, and then next thing you know, you're you're in it. So you have two choices. You can either leave all of it behind, or you can just indoctrinate yourself right in there. Yeah, I feel like I would maybe be bamboozled. Does that make me a bad person? No. Well, like, so okay. you gotta think, like, with stuff like this, they're really good at doing what they do. No, that's fair, I guess. Cults became cults for a reason. That's fair. Yeah. I don't want to be in a cult! <laughs> Just, I don't want that! <laughs> it's, uh, it's all good. We, we've, got e- we've got each other. Don't let me... Yeah, don't let me fall into a cult. So, in 61, um, Welch offered, like, a $2,300 prize to college students for their best essays on the grounds of impeachment of of Chief Justice Warren, um, because he was a target for, really, the, like, ultra-conservatives. Um... Mm. And in 1964, the society campaigned to oppose Xerox corporate sponsorships of TV programs favorable to the UN. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. We've got our hands in a lot of fires right now. Yep. Or irons in a lot of fires. So, um, yeah, uh, of the other list of things that they oppose, um, comprehensive sex education, which really would... That doesn't make any sense. You can't have, you can't be angry about teen pregnancy, but also not want to teach comprehensive sex education. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they also opposed Earth Day. Why? <laughs> because it was. Because fuck the planet. <laughs> because it was a communist plot noting that the first celebration fell on the 100th anniversary of Vlad- Vladimir Lenin's birth. So okay. communist. I don't know about all that. I'd have to fact check that to know if that's true. But uh, uh, you oppose bettering the planet that you spread your lies on? Where are you going to spread your lies if there's no planet, my guy? Yeah. Fuck you. What did Earth Day do? Uh, It was too communist. Well, then I'm too communist. <laughs> Earth Day is yeah. communist. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> yeah, for the John Birch Society, yeah, we're both 100% communist. We're <laughs> feminists. Because right. we're what, left of Hitler? <laughs> yeah. We're also 100% left of Hitler. <laughs> like, Yeah, which is, again, again, and I feel like most people are. I think as a group, yeah. <laughs> like, as a whole... We don't agree with him. Yeah. He's a problem. Most people are like, yeah, Hitler was a little... In the very least... And I least... think if you're listening, if you're listening right now and, like, you're not thinking, like, ew, Hitler... Ooh, yeah. You're maybe... the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you're the, the right problem. podcast for you. 
Because I, I also like, don't think any of those people are listening. But no, yeah, I stand by. I feel like most most people, including Democrats and Republicans, and and most others, are like, yeah, Hitler is not it. I think most people we draw the fall line. left of Hitler. Yeah, according to this, we are all communists. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, we're well. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so. What is this one world government conspiracy theory? What is it? Is it the Illuminati? You know, we could get there. You know. It's not necessarily like... (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into it. So, pretty much, the New World Order is a conspiracy theory which essentially believes that there is an emerging emerging totalitarian world government so okay basically they believe that this new world order is seek like a secretive power elite with a globalist agenda and eventually wants to rule the world and it's interesting to me because i feel like like I feel like the John Birch Society and the Breakfast Club are similar cloths, but they absolutely oppose each other. Yes. Um, Because, see, and then this is where I feel like I would be kind of bamboozled, because, like, I don't necessarily believe in the Illuminati, but I think that, like, the rich and powerful, which is an elite society, Mm -hmm. because not everybody is rich and powerful, I think they kind of run what we do. Well, yeah, I mean, we just spent you know, a good amount of time talking about the fellowship, and that is a group of right. elite people making decisions. Yeah, so, like, right. I, that's that's where, like, they'd get me in the first day. They'd be like, so we think that there's these people mm-hmm. that, like, run everything, and we think that that's bad. And I'm like, no, I agree that that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm bamboozled. So, they believe that this one-world government will replace sovereign nation-states, um... And they've got this propaganda. Um, they think that there's this entity that is secret, elite, and wants to be mm-hmm. one singular government. Um, they have alleged that like a lot of influential historical and contemporary figures have been a part of this group. Um, there are a lot of front organizations. Um, yeah. Before the 90s, this like new world order conspiracy was had like two american countercultures um so mm-hmm. there was the militantly anti-government right um and then the like fundamentalist christianity concerned with the end time emergence of the antichrist so those are kind of the two groups isn't it constantly the end times though if it could be any day now yeah true 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 okay so, political scientists uh, were concerned that, like, this mass hysteria over this New World Order conspiracy um, could eventually have devastating effects on the American political life, um, mm-hmm. ranging from lone wolf terrorism um, to, like, the authoritarian um, ultranationalist demagogues. Yeah. Okay. So... What did 
kind of our old-timey fundamentalist Christians have to say about the New World Order, and what exactly does it have to do with politics and communism? So since about the 1800s, um, many apocalyptic Christian theologians um, have Mm -hmm. predicted globalist conspiracy. Um, So this has been a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, the fulfillment of prophecies about the end time, um, all of that fun stuff. And they claim that people who have made a deal with the devil gain wealth um, and power and have become pawns mm-hmm. in a supernatural chess game to move humanity into accepting a utopi- utopian world government that rests on the spiritual foundations. Um, I'm bamboozled. Up until we get to this point. The second we start busting out these things, I'm like, how do you guys not know that you're crazy? There's this theory. I took um, my media law class, I think, twice. Mm-hmm. Um, because I failed it the first time. So sorry, Dr. Cerno. <laughs> um, the idea is that somebody's going to say something crazy. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is going to be like, nah, that's crazy. Yeah. And shut that down. And then that crazy thing won't happen. But that's not really how it works. Because then you get crazy with crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like bad. Yeah. Yeah. So basically they believed like people will make a deal with the devil. Get all this wealth and power. And then push us into this utopian society. Which is ultimately um, going to end up being dystopian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden we'll have this cult of the unholy trinity. Yeah. So that's a part of it. I mean, it's just babbling nonsense. Like, I just, it's not even coherent to me. (laughs) Yeah. So, kind of to tie it back. So there's also this, like, because part of the so the unholy trinity is satan mm-hmm. the antichrist and the false prophet so for a lot of conspiracy theories that false prophet will either be the last pope of the catholic church um okay. a guru from the new age movement or even the leader of an elite fundamentalist christian organization like the aforementioned fellowship <gasps> Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. While the Antichrist will either be the president of a European union of the European Union, uh, the caliph of a pan-Islamic state, or even the Secretary General of the United Nations. You know, we haven't even talked about really like how dangerous these like comments and stuff are, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. You, you, when you preach this, like, propaganda and stuff to people and, like, people are indoctrinated and, like, believe it, like, you spread, like, the hate, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. I don't know, people crazier than you are going to do, like, crazier things and, like, yes. it just spreads a false narrative. Yeah, and people are going to get hurt. And anytime the Nazis are involved, assume that it's bad and dangerous. Yes. So, a note from my mother. Mm-hmm. Quote, all those people thinking pop icons are using Illuminati slash satanic signs in their photo shoots and performances 
Um, just saw a TikTok today with some, my mom is on TikTok. That's so weird. Uh, with some 20 something trying to prove Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, and a host of others are all part of the new world order. Oh yeah. Beyonce, Jay-Z, the likes. They've kicked yeah. Kanye out, I think. That's probably true. As they should, honestly. Yeah. As they should. A hot take. Well, it's just because Kanye got too loud. It's not what he believes, it's that he got too loud. Yeah, well, I mean, his comments are egregious. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, the John Birch I'm Society. not saying it's not what Kanye believes. I agree that Kanye's comments are egregious. Oh, yeah. the record show. Yeah, they're anti-Semitic, they're disgusting. Gross. Yes, agreed. So... The John Birch Society was associated with the Trump presidency by po- political commentators um, who uh, argued that who argued in June 2016 that Trumpism was essentially Birchism. Um, Great. So a lot of people were basically like, this is the same thing. I don't know that they were like associated, like officially associated, but there was an association made. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. A confident and long, a confidant and longtime advisor, Roger Stone, said that Trump's father uh, was a financer of the JBS and a personal friend of the founder, Robert Welch. I believe it. It's a society of like powerful people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. In addition to that, Trump's former chief of staff, um, Mick Mulvaney, was the speaker at the John Birch Society's National Council dinner shortly before joining the Trump administration. Um, so there are some there are some connections. Um, yikes! Do with that information what you will, but Mega there are yikes. some connections. Yikes! Yeah. So in the 1970s, um, like the John Birch Society played a pretty prominent role in promoting a false claim that um, Latril was a cancer cure. Um, and advocating for the legalization of the compound as a drug. Um, and just for some context, Latril is a, like, a compound drug, whatever, however you want to describe it. But the issue is Mm -hmm. that a 500, um, milligram tablet (laughs) may contain between 2.5 and 25 milligrams of hydrogen cyanide. (gasps) We yeah. talk about cyanide so much more than I thought we would. Yeah. Also, why are we making this drug that contains cyanide? Why did, Why is it even in the room? Yeah. So, apparently, so they advocated yeah. for this, um, for this, like, campaign to use this drug in at least nine states. And that they advocated for them to use the drug. Yeah. That contains cyanide. Yeah, which like looking at it, like I don't Yeah. So it didn't work. Um No. When they, no, it didn't. In eighteen forty five when they like first started using it as a can- cancer treatment in Russia. Um and in the nineteen twenties in the United States, it was considered too poisonous. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, 
it, it, it, it wasn't a cure for cancer. There were some issues no. with using this. They have the cure for cancer. They're just not giving it to us because there's more money to be made in treating it than there is in curing it. That is a conspiracy that I could kind of get behind. Yeah, I could kind of <laughs> see that, honestly. I, I'm kind of there. I'll box with Big Pharma any day. Same. So that kind of brings us to the end. Um, but, I mean, the, the question is, you know, is this a cult? Um, is it yes. an actual threat or is it just kind of overblown? Um, yeah. And- well, I think they, I mean, if we're going to discuss a little, I think that they are like an actual threat because yeah. they spread like dangerous theology. Yes. And like I said, somebody crazy, they might be all talk, but somebody crazier than them is not. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily about having everyone on their side. It's about having as many, like enough people. Mm-hmm. To do what they need to do, and that's scary. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a problem. It's spooky. It's spooky for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, we'll leave you guys with those threatening thoughts today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you had any help for our existence trust um, no one you don't yeah trust no one and um be gay do crime yes i yeah. do think i i find it so particularly interesting that like the the fellowship and the john birch society aren't super different but they do kind of oppose each other yeah well because <laughs> they're the same like cut from the same cloth meaning like they're both like cults i think but <laughs> not for the same thing yeah well and i feel like also the john birch society is far more open than the fellowship so like we don't really know how similar they actually are no that's true i mean there's a reason why they want to be classified as like a non-profit so that way they don't have to disclose their shit yeah or as a church or whatever they're not like classified as like a lobbyist group like they should be yeah but it's a wild one. It's a wild um, one. Food for thought. But, uh, always be a watchdog for your society. <laughs> and see something, say something, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all we got for you guys today, though. Hope you enjoyed it. You're kind of a <laughs> it heavy was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know why we're dragging out this outro, so I guess we'll just see you guys next week. Um, yeah, so please follow us on all of the social medias. Uh, we are Your Mom's a Hoax on most of the things. On TikTok, we are Y-M-A-H pod. And if you want to send us an email, um, our email is yourmomsahoaxpod at gmail.com. Give us some suggestions, your thoughts, your feelings, um, and please rate and review us. All right, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Um, that's all we've got for you today. Um, have a great week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.